Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast. Today is a special interview edition of the My Love of Golf podcast where I have on the line, sitting in Chelmsford, UK, Jasper Miners. Now, if you don't know that name, Jasper Miners, you will after this interview. Jasper is the man behind a sensational new golf website and specifically focused on golf architecture and he's going to take us through it and take us through the journey of evaluating.com in just a second. So there's another interview all the way from the UK. Jasper Miners, sit back, relax, enjoy this interview, the My Love of Golf podcast. Jasper Miners, welcome to the My Love of Golf podcast. How are you, sir? Yeah, doing very well. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, no problems at all. Now, in my introduction, I referred to you as the man behind evaluating.com. That seems like a that's a the, the appropriate appropriate title. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. I, I couldn't think of anything better, so uh, I, I guess we'll go with that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it's been a bit of a passion project, but... Uh, that we'd uh, bring it to a wider audience and hopefully hopefully, more and more people can benefit from it. Well, hopefully I can uh, help spread some of that word to the listeners here in Australia. So the My Love Golf podcast is widely listened to in Australia, but also around the world and other parts. So hopefully we can help you with that. Now, evaluating.com, can you help me? Spell it out. E-V-A-L-U, the number 18, and then .com. Is that correct? That's right, yeah. So, so, tell us about uh, it. What is Evaluating.com? So, Evaluating.com is uh, it's essentially a website that uh, helps you find good golf, great golf, um, in at the moment, UK and Ireland. Um, but we evaluate golf courses architecturally. So, that's where the, uh, the name comes from, Evaluating. So, Evaluation and uh, 18 Holes of Golf. So, that was the, uh, the branding behind it. The, the idea, though, is that we, we help individuals find golf courses on uh, perhaps a, a different set of parameters than, than a typical website or, or book that you would find. Now, the website was launched, what, just a couple of weeks ago? Is that correct? A couple of weeks ago. That's right. Yeah. And it, it immediately drew my attention because, you know, I'm still – you know, recovering, I guess, emotionally from, you know, from my holiday to Scotland, which my listeners knew that I went to Scotland and I played quite a bit of golf. And I saw evaluating.com and I saw some of the features there and I thought, oh, wow, this is perfect for anyone who is planning a trip to UK, Scotland, England, Ireland, and planning a golf trip and wants to get a really quick overview and insight into some well, pretty much all of the golf, not all of the golf courses, but I guess the golf courses that you guys have put on there. Is there a criteria for the courses that have made it onto evaluating.com and then the map, which, um, you know, you can help me describe the map, but, you know, is there a sort of structure behind that or, or what is it? How, how have you picked those courses? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, 
be quite honest, it uh, it started off. Um, I would travel around in the UK, and uh, I had three books that I would carry with me: uh, Tom Doak's Confidential Guide, Donald Steele's books uh, on the links, and then Frank Penick's book uh, Homes of Sport. And based on their recommendations, essentially, um, as I was traveling around the country, I would stop in at various places. Um, so we started to keep a list um, of, of courses that, that we felt um, were, were good golf courses. I had a, a simple map that had them pinpointed. Um, then as our, our insight grew, uh, we started to come across, um, say, portfolios of courses. So Tom Simpson, uh, Abercrombie's. So we started to do research based on perhaps architects who have been involved in various bits and pieces, old Tom Morris, that type of thing. So taking the available information that they've been available, obviously on the internet, but also in a lot of these older books uh, written during the golden age and onwards, uh, taking that information, distilled it down, uh, and then have tried our best to interrogate that information and produce a, a short list, really, of golf courses, which we think uh, we would enjoy playing. And uh, that, that's how we've come with uh, the, the ones that are on there. It's, a, it's not a definitive list. Uh, some will so be added as we become aware of them, find some more hidden gems. But we feel that the, the courses on there represent a good cross-section of uh, what, what represents good golf here. And there's not really a, a direct relationship to you know any top 100 guides or anything like that, is there? Or is there? No. Um, and that, that was intentional, to be yeah. quite honest. Mm-hmm. We, we felt that there was enough magazines and websites trying to rank golf courses. And I guess that's the that was the motive behind it all. Um, we, we've got courses that you probably won't see on any list or any other website. Um, you, you mentioned Scotland, so you know, for example, um, at St Andrews, you have a lot of people that will go and play the old course or attempt to, um, and they're they're standing beside Himalayas, the ladies putting green. Um, and they never go, but it's one of the places that you should go. Um, it's just part of the whole experience. King Garrick as well. Um, um, for Hickory Golf. Play, go play Hickory. Yeah. The way. yeah. You know, 20, 20, 25 minutes from, from St. Andrews. Um, Brunsfield links the short course you know, right in the middle of Edinburgh. Costs nothing to play. Um, it's literally, you know, in a, in a village green. Cut holes. You know, it's just a bit of fun. And even Musselboro Old, you know, open venue. And sat around a race course and absolutely brilliant. You know, it's, uh, you know, just a, a history lesson uh, and the history is palpable. But those, those are the types of courses. Obviously, we have the big course, but we also have a lot of the little ones that you probably just drive past and not think anything of. And that's what we're trying to do is basically just compute cross-section, make these things aware to, to individuals who are coming. So is it just you alone or do you have a, you know, a group of guys that are and girls um, that are contributing or helping contribute to to your groupings or your lists of uh, the courses that you'll find on evaluating.com? Yeah, so at the moment, it's uh, as far as the development of the site, we've got um, we've got one fellow that works on the development side. Um, it's quite good. My partner, she's uh, she's very very good at marketing and branding, so she's she's helped with that. Um, the website itself is. Uh, it's really a reflection of uh, you know her design ethos, which is good. That's, beautiful. That's been a real help, and it's beautiful too. And yeah, pass she, on yeah. congratulations to the young lady. Yeah, will do. <laughs> She'll be happy to know. Um, 
Uh, as far as like other contributors, uh, we, we've got well, we've got an ardent community really of uh, architecturally inclined individuals um, that appreciate you know the, these these types of things, I guess, and the type of golf courses that you know that aren't necessarily on on lists. So you know we've we've got a few um, you know good follows perhaps on Twitter that um, you know that we we work with we we know. Uh, we respect their um, their opinions, and they they help us and guide us and rec- make recommendations for us. So there's uh, yeah, there's a handful. There's quite a few actually. There's quite an active little group that we've got that uh, gives us constant feedback. So Jasper, how does a young man like yourself end up with this deep passion for golf and quality golf and quality golf architecture? Where did where did this come from? Um, it's a bit of a, an interesting one. Uh, I played a lot of golf growing up in Canada. Um, I played on some of the, the larger resort courses, you know, that would grace the covers of glossy magazines. And then somehow, uh, in my late teens, early twenties, basically fell out of love with the game. So later on, uh, business talk, uh, took me to, to London. And when I was here, an old mate came and visited me. And uh, he said, why don't we go out and, and hit some balls? And after going out, kind of rekindled the passion. I started playing some of these golf courses in North London um, that, that no one's ever heard of. And somehow, my love for the game grew again, rekindled this passion. And, and that was the question that really kicked it all off, is how could I be playing some of these, you know, amazing golf courses in Canada that are on the covers of magazines and they don't inspire me. You know, you played them once and that's enough. Mm-hmm. And then I come to a, you know, what would be considered a, you know, backcountry unknown golf course. And I'm completely intrigued and enthralled with it. And that's, that's what really searching for the answer as to why that's what kicked off my interest in golf course architecture. So, did you have an interest in any other form of architecture or any other design? Do you come from that background or is it just golf and you just like the quality architecture and, you know, what you found in discovering these courses all around the land? I would have to say later in life, I think I, I grew an appreciation for, for good design. Yeah. Um, you know, whether that's, that's art or, or buildings or, or any other form of art really. Uh, and that's, you know, the, my view on it, that's essentially what it is. Um, just a, a different type of art form and architecture really is, you know, is just the, the way in which the, the designer can, can convey his thoughts, um, overcome problems, create challenges. So I did work, uh, one of the, the companies that I they owned and, and ran was a visual merchandising company. So I guess in, in that way, um, both in Canada and then in the UK, was involved heavily with design. and grew in an appreciation for it but um i think studying architecture uh in particular golf course architecture um to understand the reasons why what what makes golf good that's uh that's the intriguing bit for me so if you had to articulate to you what makes golf good in an architectural sense what how would you how would you tell tell me that and how would you how would you describe that so it's probably been overused, um, but I think one word that comes to mind is uh, is cerebral. So I think too 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 many golf courses. Um, it's too straightforward. 
um, and it's just hitting it in the middle of the fairway to the middle of the green, two putting and then going on. Uh, but when a golf course presents challenges, um, so for example, uh, St. Anadoc, the, the church course, hole 10, the tee shot, it, it looks impossibly small, but you have to hit a driver on that hole to get it anywhere near, you know, the, um, to, to give yourself a, an opportunity to go for the green on the second. Um, yeah, it's, it's an incredibly terrifying hole, but actually once you play you get around that corner, um, you see that there's you know, loads of room. So, so mentally, you have to overcome um, the challenge of, of not being psyched out, really, by, by what you see. Um, the inherent unfairness of, of golf, good golf, you know, uneven lie, bad bounces, but as well, the other side of the coin, good bounces. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing that really makes golf good for me is uh, the elements. You know, simply being prone to, you know, well, I guess in the UK, four seasons over the course of, uh, you know, a couple of hours, the, the ground game, elements, wind, rain, whatever it might be, just that challenge. It, it's though those are the things, I guess, the challenge of, of the game that, that makes it stand out to me. Now, the golfers in Australia that I talk to, and I talk to golfers on a daily basis in, uh, in my business and what I do, they're... There is a growing obsession for links golf, and as people discover golf travel and uh, traveling to places like Scotland and Ireland and and, the, and Great Britain and England, there's a a real driver to want to go and play links golf. And I guess I f- always feel that they want to tick off the open rotor courses and and things like that. But from my experience, there is so much great links golf available that as you say, people have never heard of. If you had to identify an area or a part of any part of the UK that you would must go to and experience some big courses, but not so big courses, which part would you send someone to from Australia? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I think one place, well, I'll give you two. Okay. Um, one place that's extremely underrated is Cornwall. Right. Um, so basically from London, straight down the M4 uh, towards Wales. I mean, Wales itself is uh, is also a good destination. But uh, in England, you, you can't go wrong. Just south of Bristol, I mean, you come across uh, Burnham and Barrow uh, straight away. Um, and both the championship course and the, uh, the little nine-hole course are worth playing there, which is a nice thing. Uh, just south of there, you've got um, St. Enidoc, which is probably one of my favorite golf courses. Mm. Um, it's absolutely breathtaking and uh, perhaps off most people's radar. Um, you've got Royal North Devon, which I guess is, uh, you know, probably one of the uh, the more popular courses. Westward Ho, I guess, as it's, as it's known. Um as far as links course go, uh, links course go, uh, Bood in North Cornwall, uh, you just continue down that whole road, um, and you, you've got course after course after course. Travaux, Perrinporth is a really interesting James Bray design. Just on and on and on. You can literally start from Bristol, drive towards uh, St Ives, and there's golf courses constantly just on that coast. It was extremely underrated, so that would be my first one. 
Yeah, right. Well, it's um, certainly not, you know, when people are planning trips, they're, they're very, not very often going to England to play golf. Um, maybe to play, you know, Lytham, um, you know, Royal St. George's and, and the rotor courses. But, you know, St. Enidoc, you know, you, you know when someone mentions St. Enidoc that, you know, they're a real architecture aficionado when they're talking about that course there. And, and it's one of the more popular ones, but, um, yeah, it, so that, but that's not an area that I would have, you know, put on my sort of go-to list. So it's on there now. Thank you to you. Where else? Yeah, you won't be disappointed. That's no, for no, sure. I, absolutely not. <laughs> Where else would you go? And then, yeah, the second, the second place. If you're talking about England, I think is um, if you started out from London, uh, the, the brilliant is that you can go to Royal Worlington. Um, so Mildenhall. Uh, Absolutely brilliant nine-hole course, uh, very similar to the the old course in Scotland. But if you're coming from London, stop there before you make it to the course. And once you get up north uh, to the the Norfolk coast, you've got Hunstanton, you've got Royal uh, Royal West Norfolk, Sheringham, Cromer, um, and if you follow that around all the way down to the Suffolk coast, beautiful drive. Uh, you get into Curtis Heath, um, well Ipswich. And you've got uh, Woodbridge and Aldborough. So, yeah, I mean, literally a handful of courses there. That would be a very nice little trip for, for people to do. And then, of course, Thorpeness is right beside it. So you've got probably seven or eight courses there that you could probably do over a week or two. It's thoroughly enjoyable off the beaten track. Um, it is literally world class. So let's move up to Scotland then. You know, you've got... Four days, four days in Scotland, and you don't want to drive around too far. Where do you go? I mean, I guess if you're flying into Edinburgh, mm-hmm. um, you've got a couple of choices. Um, you, you cannot beat East Lothian, so basically heading straight out east from Edinburgh. Uh, if you do go across the bridge and up to Fife, I mean, you've got you've got loads of options there. And to be quite honest, I think for, for most of your listeners in Australia, it's not so much distance when you're in Scotland, but the roads <laughs> that you have to navigate, um, as you would know. But, um, I mean, I, I guess a little bit. Um, I, I would say Musselburgh Old, if you want, uh, a bit of a an odd one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's routed around a, a race course, but well worth going to. It, it's an experience. If people are looking for experiences, that's one. Um, interesting, it, if you can get to, to any of the courses up there, I mean, you've got the traditional, you've got you know the, the Gillen courses, you've got Muirfield, North Berwick. Those are the, you know, the ones that jump out at you straight away. But even if you can't get to those ones, you know, there's, uh, there's some sensational golf uh, all along there. So did you play at um, uh, Winter... The course in Dunbar, the other course in Dunbar, not Dunbar, but winter, but winter. Do you know the one I'm talking about? So I haven't, I haven't made it up uh, that far. I've been as far as Aberdeen. No, it's just near, near in East Lothian, so North Berwick, then across to Dunbar. So if you go around, not. Not Nan Dunbar, which yeah, is right the actual now. Dunbar golf course, yeah, yeah. But there's another course next to Dunbar which I never got to play, and I can't remember the name of it. it starts with W, Winter something. I forget it. So I've gone blank. You didn't obviously. 
Okay, forget about that place. I've I've not been I've not right. been there, but that is definitely one we'll put on the list. Now we'll we'll search it out. We'll take a look at it. It's, it's we'll, just uh, the, it's we'll see. Just you the, might be surprised. It might it, show up on evaluate teams. Eh? It's just the other side of Dunbar, between North Berwick and Dunbar. Um, yeah, no, that, I'm very familiar with that. Well, no, I'm obviously not. <laughs> I'm familiar with all the courses around there, but uh, I've just spent three weeks there. But I didn't get to that course, and I was wondering if you had, and you could tell me about it. But maybe we'll talk about that one next time. Um, Craigie Law. I'm a I'm an international member of Craigie Law. There you go. There's a bit of information for you. Craigie. No, Craigie Law. Craigie Law Golf Club next to Kill Spindy. Oh yes, yeah. Which is Donald Steele. Is yes. that correct? Donald Steele. Was he the man there? I think he. Donald, I think that's a Donald Steele course at Craigie Law. Nice little course. Have, to, have Cra- to double check on that one off the top of my head. I'm not quite sure. I mean Donald Steele. I mean the, talk about a legend. Um, yeah, the, the, to be quite honest with you, I don't think there's too many golf courses that uh, that Mr. Steele hasn't worked on. Well, he, he he's either, <laughs> he's, uh, he's either, or at least either consulted on. Yeah, he's built or consulted on. You know, if, I think if you look through his bibliography of courses that he refers to as. You know, having had some uh, hand in, you know, it's two pages long. Yeah, I think he has the rare distinction of having uh, worked on, I think, every single open rotor course that uh, is there. So, I mean, absolutely stunning. The amount of work that he's done and consults on is absolutely unbelievable, unfathomable. I mean, it, it rivals even like the, you know, the, the Donald Rosses and the, the James Braids. It's uh, it's incredible, and to, and to think that it's not just a design, but also a a writing a writing career and a playing career that, that anyone would be happy with yeah, is a phenomenal individual, Mr. Steele. So you're obviously a fan. Who are the other architects that? Uh, and let's leave uh, Dr. McKenzie out of it for the moment. But who are the other architects that uh, either you know past or or current that you look up to? So I would say. Far none. Um, Tom Simpson is probably, probably my favorite architect. Um, you know, the courses that he worked on, the bunkering that he did, uh, and his ability to astutely and concisely explain strategic golf design. Um, you know, you, you read the architectural side of golf, any, any of the writings that he's done. Um, yeah, Tom Simpson is uh, absolute genius. Um, and, and probably not that well known outside of uh, of the UK, unless you're a diehard architectural fan. Um, probably along with that, uh, JF Abercrombie. Uh, again, his portfolio is not large. Um, most of his work is is around London, which is is, is very convenient. Um, but yeah, he he's very good as well. Um, just the the type of architecture that they did. Um, I guess it. Perhaps it's uh, I can look at it and, and think that I can understand it or see what they're trying to achieve, and that's always a nice thing when you walk a golf course, play a golf course. You can understand the questions that are being asked. But I think those two stand out to me: Simpson and Abercrombie, from what I've seen around London. And any other uh, more contemporary architects that uh, pop to mind? Um, I think. I think locally, um, I haven't played a whole lot in in Ireland, um, but what I have seen from Eddie Hackett has been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, again, I think outside of outside of Ireland, probably probably not, you know, extremely well known. 
What are, what are but, Eddie Hackett, um, what's Eddie Hackett's courses in Ireland? I've got a f- funny feeling that I've played one of them, but I can't remember. Can yeah, so the the one I thought was really good. Um, we spent quite a bit of time there actually. It was Connemara, um, basically Galway, and then you, you've got two courses there: Galway Bay and then Galway Golf Club, mm. uh, and they they will take probably the lion's share of, of tourism golf along the, the wild Atlantic way. But if you can get out to Connemara, um, they've got three, three sets of nine, I believe 27 holes. Um, the, the first two um, are extremely good. I, I really enjoyed them. Um, contrasting nines. I think if you can play the A and the B, those are the ones you want to go with. He's not too bad either, but it's just, it's pure, authentic golf, um, and he's not afraid to, to to basically take you know some really interesting landforms, and he doesn't shy away from from incorporating those into into the course, which is really good. Um, so it's not just flatland links; he does go up into the dunes a little bit. This is spectacular, spectacular golf course. Again, off the beaten track, peanuts to play, uh, difficult to get to. But uh, worth the journey. How far is Connemara from uh, Ennis Crone? Um, that is you, a good question. Have you played Ennis Crone? Yeah, travel wise, never made the journey myself. Right. Um, but um, uh, not along along the coastlines uh, in Ireland. Um, <laughs> nothing goes quick. Um, even the travel from from Galway to uh, to Connemara is uh, it's a bit of a trek. Um, it's not long on the map, but it certainly takes takes a fair bit of time. Well, the roads, that whole side, the roads are also narrow and yeah. windy, windy. You know, like the they wouldn't. Yeah, they wouldn't. and then the pedestrians, usually the sheep. Yes, <laughs> that's the other thing you have to worry about. <laughs> yeah, no, it caught me when I was in Ireland. To be fair, um, I was travelling from uh, where was I travelling from? Lahinch down to Tralee, mm-hmm. and I looked at the travel time or the distance and I thought no that's only a few a couple of hours and it was it was much longer and there was a fair bit of freeway there but once you get off off the main you know a roads the the little b roads that's they're not they're not wide by any any stretch did you make it down there and I think that's sorry go on absolutely if you can find it and you can make it then it's uh, it's well worth it but uh, it's all part of the experience too I think more and more that's what you're seeing in the in the golf world as well is that people are, they're interested in not just ticking boxes anymore, you know, the, the top 100 lists, but uh, experiencing, you know, experiencing golf. And that's part of it. You know, you've been on a golf course, um, you know, especially over this way, it's not rare. Some of these courses, you've got, uh, you know, barbed wire fences around the greens, you know, to keep the cows off. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's, just, it's, it's a completely different type of golf, but uh, refreshing. One of my favourite golf experiences of all time, bar none, maybe outside of La Hinch, but outside of that um, was Critch Island. Have you did you did you make it to Critch Island? The little nine. I haven't been. No. So it's a little nine little nine holer on a little island in County Donegal. Uh, it's like a one lane bridge mm-hmm. uh, out to this point. It's on it's on your it's on your site there, but it's. Uh, if you're in Ireland and you're in Donegal, you have to go to Critch Island. It's got this very famous par three over, you know, a hundred foot chasm drop into the Atlantic Ocean. It's about an eight or nine iron, and it's just one of the most sensational little par threes over this double crevasse, 
waves crashing in below you and uh, you just have to go and experience uh, that part of the world. Now, and that's exactly what the website is all about. Exactly that. Finding those, finding those little gems, you know, you can play all the big courses and they're great. There's no doubt about that. But uh, finding these little ones, these little experiences that no one else has known about or seen, that's, uh, that's what we're trying to do. We'll come back to the website in a minute, but let's go to Dr. McKenzie. Now, mm-hmm. you know, you're, I think, a big fan of Dr. McKenzie. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, outside of uh, the UK, I've not played a lot of his golf courses, obviously, uh, not being to Australia. Um, but, uh, yeah, obviously, study his courses, especially in California. And then uh, we have the privilege every year to uh, to see what's left of his course in, in Augusta. So, but the bones there, absolutely stunning. How influential do you think Alistair McKenzie's been on, you know, the modern form of golf, modern architecture? How would you describe that? That's a loaded question. I don't know if I'm the, the most qualified to answer it, but from my my perspective, my opinion, That's all. Um, I think the, the legacy of golf that he left um, and and really, not not that he was one of the first to to bring golf inland, but uh, the transition from from Victorian, you know, penal golf course design, uh, and then introducing perhaps a a natural uh, aesthetic to what is inherently, um, you know, bringing bringing seaside golf inland and then making it look like it's meant to be there. Uh, it certainly wasn't the first one to do it, but perhaps one of the ones that perfected it early on. Um, so I, th- I think I think golf owes a, a lot to to you know Alistair McKenzie in that regard. But I think too, even more so now, um, a lot of the contemporary golf course designers that have found inspiration uh, from the golden age have, have done so from from Alistair McKenzie's works, uh, in particular his writing. Um, so perhaps from the, the late 80s, early 90s onward, you know, when these people started looking at golf architecture again, like his book, uh, Spirit of St. Andrews, started looking at his portfolio. I mean, this this is influence. I mean, no no small way. Mm. Um, Mike Clayton, Tom Doak, and then by extension, their their work and, you know, the, the subsequent, you know, individuals involved with architecture. I don't think anyone can dismiss the fact that his uh, his hand is still being felt in a very real way, not just in golf architecture schools, but golf as a whole, as an industry. Yeah, well, you you refer to Mike Clayton and Tom Doak there, and absolutely, you know, those guys um, hold in obviously the highest regard his work, but you know they always are referring to you know his intentions, and, and especially when they're critiquing you know bad architecture, and and they just refer to well. You know, Mackenzie would have, you know, that's what he in- intended to do and he should have been like that and, you know, they've gone on a different direction or whatever, you know. So he's all, the reference usually always comes back to a Mackenzie type, you know, body of work. So you don't obviously know Mike Clayton. Absolutely. You know Mike Clayton? You know, you know of Mike Clayton, of, of course? Yeah, no, of Mike Clayton. We've uh, we've chatted a few times via social media, yeah. um, that type of thing. He's uh, he's got some exciting news. Obviously, there's a, a new direction he's taken. Yep. Um, working with uh, Mike DeVries and uh, Frank Pont. Yep. So it's quite exciting for him. They're going to do some work here at uh, Royal Dublin. I believe it is in Ireland. So yeah, hopefully we'll be able to see a bit bit more of them. Um, 
be able to put a, a face to the name at some point. Yeah. But uh, yeah, nothing but respect for the work that he's done. I mean, obviously, in your part of the world, you know, he is uh, the local legend, the man that is. If you ever get the chance to listen to him on, uh, you know, whether it be Derek Duncan's Feed the Ball or the Good Good podcast or Inside the Ropes podcast, all um, you know, Australian-generated podcasts, well, Derek Duncan's not Feed the Ball, but um, you know, he's you know, crafted almost a career being a podcast uh, co-host and he is one of the most entertaining guys to listen to and uh, he cops a bit, you know, like usually from – you know, people not really following, you know, what his architecture is designed to do. But, you know, he'll he'll joke with himself and call himself the tree killer type thing because, you know, he's known for pulling trees down. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a beneficiary of some of uh, – at a course where he's worked upon and, you know, the trees that he's taken away were of little significant value, um, didn't contribute to any of the aesthetic of the course and – enhanced it by taking away unnecessary maintenance so and opened up the vista of the course and made it an even more beautiful landscape so you know he's he's very considered in what he does in that respect but he's he's quite a and a very good listen absolutely uh, he's very good listen anyway yeah no i have uh, i have had the privilege of uh, of of being able to listen as i have time to to a lot of what you've mentioned yeah good uh, i think that's the thing that we really appreciate i mean both both him and uh, tom doak um, prolific, I guess you could say, especially on social media podcasts and that type of thing. But also, also the fact that um, you know, the, the, the the ability to articulate so well uh, and put into layman's terms for us for us normal folks um, w- what's being attempted to to be done um, just brings another dimension to the game. Really, so again, going back to that, just the cerebral part of it. So let's go back to the website. So. Where does it where does it go to from here? So you've got this great website, and what are the what are the different sections? So tell us tell the listeners what the sections are, the main sections of the website. What is it? You know, each of the pages in the drop down. What do you what have you got there? So when you hit the landing page, um, you've obviously got the uh, the the green at the hinge, which is a nice start, but. Um, what we've done is we've created an interactive map. So this is quite a nice, uh, a nice way to get started. Uh, so if you're, if you're in the UK, um, you, on a mobile device, it'll show you basically where you are. Uh, if you allow the permissions, um, locate where you are. And then basically you can see what golf courses are nearest to you. Um, that would be worth your time and attention. So that's quite a nice feature. If you're planning a trip to the UK, uh, you mentioned Scotland or say Cornwall, Norfolk, Suffolk, uh, we've got some unique filters. So on the interactive map, you can search by architect. So for example, I know I'm a Simpson or an Abercrombie fan, so I can search for those architects, find the courses nearest to me. Um, locations, so you can do it by, by county, course facilities, course type. So whether you want a uh, heathland, a moorland, uh, parkland, links, um, Interesting ones that probably you wouldn't see on any other website, game format. So in the UK, um, it's quite popular still to be a two-ball club, especially some of the older clubs, you know, the Royal St. George's and, um, you know, the Brancasters, that type of thing. Um, and then one that I like, uh, I carry my bag. Uh, I will do as, as long as I can um, carry a Sunday bag with a short set, but uh, walkability. 
So uh, a lot of golf courses in the UK don't don't allow carts or you need uh, medical dispensation to use them. So having a, a walkability guide, whether it's uh, you know easy, moderate, or difficult, that's uh, that's been a nice addition as well. Mm-hmm. And what about uh, there's some other key um, neat little features in the website there the the collections tab it's uh yeah collections that, that was an interesting one. We, we 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 shied away essentially of of making a ranking everybody loves a ranking and, and to be honest so do we um you know which course is best which one's better than another and i guess the best part about rankings from our point of view is uh it it's it it encourages discussion you know conversation uh, debate, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but we thought everybody else is doing that. Let's do something slightly different. So we thought, why why don't we um, group the courses based on identifiable markers? So, for example, your bucket list. Now, these are the ones that probably when you come to the UK, Ireland, you, you're going to want to play. So you've got Carnoustie, the old course, Muirfield, North Berwick, La Hinch. Um, you know, the, the list goes on and on. So all the, the big ones, top of the list, you know, the bucket lister, you know, tick boxers, they're all going to be in there. So that's a nod to that. Uh, but then we decided to take a bit of a different tack. So once you've played um, Muirfield, where do you go next? So we've got a course next door collection. So essentially, once you've, you know, played the big course in the morning and you're wondering where you go next, then, uh, then those courses are, are included there. Um and it just goes on and on. We've got the hidden gems, probably a, a bit of a, a common one that most people would understand. Yeah. Uh, but pure golf is one I really like. So this is uncomplicated, authentic links, or you know, proper golf, as we would call it. Um, just the the spirit of the game, going back to the the origins. So these ones, well, you would find, you know, Minchinghampton, for example, uh, is an absolutely brilliant, brilliant golf course. Minchinghampton, old. Um, find courses like that that in there. So probably a little bit different than uh, what you'd find. The antithesis of uh, resort golf, if you will, would be in there. It's it's absolutely brilliant. I, I I love what you've done there, and it's it's perfect for you know anyone travelling. It's just a easy ready reckoner guide that will map out a trip for you perfectly. You know, like the course next door collection. You know, there's a picture there of North Berwick on there, and. Uh, it's it's absolutely brilliant, mate. It's uh, my hat goes off to you. It's a, it's fantastic. But there's more. No, we're glad we didn't know exactly how it was going to be received. No, it's, it's, it's a completely different tack than any other golf course you know website has taken. But uh, it seems like there's been a bit of an appetite for it. So yeah, we're we're happy that we've uh, you know we've stumbled upon that, and it seems to have been received well, which we're proud of. Well, it, it is perfect. And whether you like or loathe, you know, top 100 rankings. Um, you know, it's a, it's a totally fresh and new approach to it, and it and it's it offers a lot of value. It's it's really good. Um, I love it. Now, there's some other stuff in there. There's, uh, arc, uh, books. You know, the 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 list of books that you've put in there related to golf, golf architecture, agronomy, and uh, so on and so forth is extensive. Have Have you read every one of those books that's on the list? Probably. Yeah. Not. So yeah. that uh, that is more or less from my uh, private private library. Uh, all the books that are there. So yeah, I have read. Um, I have read virtually all of them cover to cover, if I'm, if I'm honest. I mean, there are a few that I've flicked through or perhaps some that have only a couple of chapters that specifically deal with uh, golf course architecture. Um, but a, a lot of them are reference books. Um, 
What's interesting to me is when I started reading or have this interest in, uh, in golf course architecture, I would have a book recommended. I would buy it and then end up finding out that there's two or three pages on it and you spent a ridiculous amount of money on it. <laughs> and I just thought, if I've gone through that pain threshold, maybe I can share that insight with others. And uh, hopefully they don't have to go through the same thing again. Once again, it's a it's a brilliant move. And you know, to know now that you have actually read all of those books and, and own them all, is the picture the picture on there with the book and the the books in the library? I'm going to assume that that's your little book library there, yeah. Uh, just at the top of the page. Yeah, <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a portion of it. Um, yeah, the uh, the bookshelf. Those are um, most of those that you see there. I think what we refer to as uh, sacred texts is what we've uh, we've tried to do. Absolutely. So we've shortlisted uh, perhaps. And uh, yeah, there's a little section on greenkeepers there, and as we discussed before, that's probably uh, going to grow. Uh, the journal, the journal tab. What's in the journal tab there? I, I want to look at that. What's oh, that's the journals. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. so the that's, uh, that's it. Yep. the the various pages there. There's uh, obviously bios on architects, yep. um, short synopses of books, um, businesses focus on uh, the smaller, more crafted type of uh, businesses, the large, uh, big box kind of, you know multinationals, but uh, smaller guys that are, are, you know, focus on bespoke craftsmanship, workmanship. I try and highlight some of those. Uh, greenskeepers, again, unsung heroes. Um, the guys in the game that uh, that do all the work, they're, you know, they're there hours before any of the dew sweepers show up. And uh, just to give a little bit of a nod to them, you'll find even on most of our course profiles too, we're trying to put uh, a keeper of the green on there. Yeah, uh, it's, it's brilliant. Um, I, I've had one podcast with uh, Mitchell um, Driver. Um, Mitchell Driver has worked well, at courses all around the world. Young guy, just taken over at Royal Canberra, um, just come back from working mm-hmm. at Glen Eagles, and he was my first greenkeeper, and we've got another one coming up very shortly. So absolutely. My brother's, my brother is a greenkeeper of my family, so I'm always going to have a soft spot for uh, for greenkeepers in, uh, in talking about golf. So, absolutely, yeah. So, so, mate, where to from here? We, you know, you've got this beautiful website. It's providing a lot of information to, to people. Is it just a free resource? Or, you know, is it going to be? At the moment, yeah. Um, it, it basically started out as a, a bit of a, a passion project. Um, like you say, I, was, uh, I had a, a map with pins on it. I shared it with a few of my mates. Uh, they enjoyed having the resource and they said, look, if more people could benefit from this, like, why wouldn't you do it? And I just didn't have time to, to plow into it. Uh, circumstances recently, the last year or so, I've had a bit more time. So thought now is the time to do this. So at the moment, yeah, if we haven't uh, monetized the site, to be quite honest, we're just happy that people have uh, appreciated what we've made available. We're confident if we do things for the right reasons in the right way, that uh, you know opportunities will present themselves. So where to from here? Um, in time, we would love to expand the site. Um, you know, for me, I live here locally, so this is a great resource for me. But as we mentioned before, you know, I'd love to come to, to Australia, New Zealand, um, to, to be able some of the courses. And, you know, the same problem that I've had here, I'm encountering there, where is a reliable guide? So uh, perhaps additional countries in time that will come. At the moment, though, we're working a lot with uh, just contributors and the courses themselves to try and pad out the, uh, the information we have, make sure it's accurate. And then uh, just to get some nice photography that really sells the course to uh, to those that are, are planning on their trips coming over. Fantastic. 
Well, when you're in Australia, when you do come to Australia, and I know you will, and, it was, and hopefully it's not too uh, too far away, I'm here to help. Whatever I can do in the Melbourne part of the world and Victoria part of the world, just all you need to do is sing out. And I'm sure there's going to be a, dozens of people that uh, want to help and contribute towards putting uh, an Australian arm of that uh, beautiful website together. But uh, that's all in the future. Jasper, is there anything else that you, anything else that I haven't asked you or we haven't spoken about that you feel that uh, you know the listeners will get some value from? And uh, you know, also, you know, if you share this podcast, that your listeners and your fans and followers will um, you know get some information about. Have we covered everything? Have I done justice to evaluating dot com? Yeah, no, I really just appreciate the opportunity. It's uh, it's a it's a brilliant. Uh, it's been a labour of love for us. So for me in particular, and then the uh, with uh, with my wife, um, you know, put in a lot of time and effort in as well, just to to know that some people have uh, sat up, noticed it, and appreciate it. That's great. Um, I mean, the biggest thing I, I think I've found I've been overwhelmed with is the the golf community at large. Um, you know, just as you said, you know, if there's anything that they can do, uh, helping hands, invitations, opening doors, whatever it might be. That uh, that's that's kind of the best thing, and where we can collaborate. I mean, we, we've met some amazing people, and uh, the fact that we've been able to work together, uh, hopefully, we can just keep that uh, um, spirit of collaboration, partnership going, uh, and we'll just see where it goes. But uh, we're excited about a few things, irons in the fire, if you will, Indeed. and then we'll we'll have to wait for that. But yeah, things are uh, things are shaping up nicely. But it's a it's a brilliant thing to be a part of. Now, the golf community is is a is a good one, and uh, it's opened my eyes in the last 12 months uh, since doing this podcast uh, how open and welcoming people are. They will be welcoming to you, um, you know, in my recent trip to Scotland, you know, people like Malcolm Duck and uh, another another chap who I didn't know, you know, was able to host me at uh, you know, Muirfield and it wasn't a bother It and it was great. And, you know, that's bucket list sort of stuff, but it was just, the spirit of the community that was able to allow that to happen. And that's happening for you. It'll happen for you down here in Australia. We'll all get behind you and look after you, mate. It's all perfect. So um, if there's nothing else, Jasper, I think uh, I think we might wrap it up there and, uh, and sign off for your morning, my night in the UK. How does that sound? Yeah, sounds good. Really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for the... Uh the time you've given and uh, hopefully hopefully everybody can benefit from, from what we've done. We'll continue to try to do more. Jasper Miners, thank you very much for joining me on the My Love of Golf podcast. So we'll put the links in the show notes on the uh, podcast page there, how you can find you on Twitter, how you can find you online, evaluating.com, and um, everyone will start flooding you with website visits and uh, your ranking will go up and you'll be the number one golf website in no time at all i'm sure mate anyway thanks again and i'll speak to you all next time on the my love of golf podcast and uh, i hope you enjoyed that chat with jasper thank you very much